Season 2, Episode 15 on the Book of Daniel, The Writing on the Wall, Part 2. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary and how the Gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this 15th episode in the Book of Daniel, Chapter 5, we continue where King Belshazzar had been terrified as a disembodied hand writes on the wall of the palace. And this is while Belshazzar was hosting an alcohol-fueled party using the gold vessel from the temple in Jerusalem. The writing on the wall required the aging Daniel to again tell the king what God was pronouncing. And let's pick up here in Daniel chapter 5, starting in verse 13. Then Daniel was brought before the king. The king said to him, Are you Daniel, one of the Judean exiles that my predecessor the king brought from Judah? I've heard that you have a spirit of the gods in you, and that insight, intelligence, and extraordinary wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men and mediums were brought before me to read this inscription and make its interpretation known to me, but they could not give its interpretation. However, I have heard about you that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Therefore, if you can read this inscription and give me its interpretation, you will be clothed in purple have a gold chain around your neck, and have the third highest position in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered the king, You may keep your gifts and give your rewards to someone else. However, I will read the inscription for the king and make the interpretation known to him. Your majesty, the most high God, gave sovereignty, greatness, glory, and majesty to your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. Because of the greatness he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages were terrified and fearful of him. He killed anyone he wanted. He kept alive anyone he wanted. He exalted anyone he wanted, and he humbled anyone he wanted. But when his heart was exalted and his spirit became arrogant, he was deposed from his royal throne and his glory was taken from him. He was driven away from people. His mind was like an animal's. He lived with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like cattle and his body was drenched with dew from the sky until he acknowledged that the Most High God is ruler over human kingdoms and sets anyone he wants over them. But you, successor, his successor, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart even though you knew all this. Instead, you have exalted yourself against the Lord of the heavens. The vessels from his house were brought to you and As you and your nobles, wives, and concubines drank wine from them, you praised the gods made of silver and gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or understand. But you have not glorified the God who holds your life breath in his hand, who controls the whole course of your life. Therefore, he has sent the hand, and this writing was inscribed. This is the writing that was inscribed, Mene, Mene, Tekel, and Parson. This is the interpretation of the message. Mene means that God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel means that you have been weighed on the balance and found deficient. Perez means that your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then Belshazzar gave an order, and they clothed Daniel in purple, placed a gold chain around his neck, and issued a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom at the age of 62. 
All right, back to verse 13. Then Daniel was brought before the king. The king said to him, Are you Daniel, one of the Judean exiles that my predecessor the king brought from Judah? I am sure that Daniel had been announced when he enters the room. And then why emphasize that Daniel was a Jewish exile? Well, I don't know. (laughs) It's interesting that Belshazzar addresses him in his Hebrew name as the queen mother had used. Is he trying to intimidate Daniel or is he trying to put Daniel in his place? Well, probably not, as the king was anxious to know the meaning of the supernatural writing on the wall that terrified everyone. Verse 14, I have heard that you have a spirit of the gods in you, and that insight, intelligence, and extraordinary wisdom are found in you. Now the wise men and mediums were brought before me to read this inscription and make its interpretation known to me, but they could not give its interpretation. However, I have heard about you that you can give interpretations and solve problems. Therefore, if you can read this inscription and give me its interpretation, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain around your neck and have the third highest position in the kingdom. So the king was just spouting the introduction that the queen mother had given, but he left out the word holy from the word God, serving the holy gods. And he references the great honor he would give to Daniel if he could interpret the meaning of the words written in Aramaic. I'm sure that Belshazzar was fearful of the interpretation as well as fearful from Yahweh himself, whom the king had blasphemed by using the temple's sacred vessels in this manner. And again, Daniel was probably recalled from retirement as he had been close to 80, 81 years old to make this interpretation and most likely was not impressed by this display of Uh, honor that could be given to him verse 17 then daniel answered the king you may keep your gifts give your rewards to someone else however i will read the inscription for the king and make the interpretation known to him you know i don't think daniel was being rude i don't think he's being prideful and refusing the honor being offered as a gift that god had given daniel of interpretation was not something to be purchased by all these things He doesn't need or want the recognition. However, he will read the inscription and describe the meaning. Remember that the armies of the Persians are just outside the gates of Babylon. Verse 18, Your Majesty, the Most Most High God, gave sovereignty, greatness, glory, and majesty to your predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar. Because of the greatness he gave him, all peoples, nations, and languages were terrified and fearful of him. He killed anyone he wanted, he kept alive anyone he wanted, he exalted anyone he wanted, and humbled anyone he wanted. Daniel appears to give this prideful king Belshazzar a reprimand for his pride by retelling what had happened to Nebuchadnezzar. God gives power, God is sovereign, God has the authority, and not the gods of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar had to learn that the hard way. Belshazzar was about to get an even tougher lesson on the sovereignty of God. Nebuchadnezzar was the most feared man in the world at the time, with immense power, with power all these people. He could do anything he wanted to them, but yet the great Nebuchadnezzar had to submit to Yahweh. Belshazzar wasn't even close to Nebuchadnezzar's influence or his ability, but yet he still was thumbing his nose at Yahweh. Verse 20, when his heart was exalted and his spirit became arrogant, 
He was deposed from his royal throne, and his glory was taken from him. Nebuchadnezzar had benefited gratefully from the hand of God, but chose to ignore this gift and claim glory for himself. Many people today do the exact same thing. They don't, they don't realize that we are nothing outside of the grace of God in our lives. Nebuchadnezzar was proud and hardened to God's work in his life, so God took it all away from him. Verse 21, he was driven away from people. His mind was like an animal's. He lived with the wild donkeys. He was fed grass like cattle. His body was drenched with dew from the sky until he acknowledged that the Most High God is ruler over human kingdoms and sets anyone he wants over them. This great proud king and global leader was made to eat grass and live like an ox until the very moment he repented of his pride and acknowledged that Yahweh was the Most High God. God is sovereign over all earthly kingdoms, including Belshazzar. And the writing on the wall was a way to explain it to him. Belshazzar's pride was more than apparent to Daniel, and was, he was well known to be this prideful, awful person. Verse 22, But you, his successor, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart, even though you knew all this. Instead, you have exalted yourself against the Lord of the heavens. This, the vessels from the, his house were brought to you, and as you and your nobles, wives, and concubines drank wine from them, you praise the gods made of silver and gold, bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which do not see or hear or understand. But you have not glorified the God who holds your life breath in his hand, who controls the whole course of your life. Therefore, he sent the hand, and this writing was inscribed. In contrast to Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel accuses Belshazzar of immense pride. But Belshazzar has not humbled his heart, even though he had known about what happened to his predecessor. Belshazzar more than likely had observed this with his very own eyes, because evidence exists that he had held office in Babylon only two years after Nebuchadnezzar's death. This made the blasphemy against Yahweh that Belshazzar perpetrated even more inexcusable. Belshazzar's challenged Yahweh, and Yahweh accepted the challenge. Again, the old prophet was demonstrating remarkable courage in confronting Belshazzar in this way. He goes on, verse 25. This is the writing that was inscribed, and everybody can see that. Mene, Mene, Tekel, and Parson. The hand wrote only these four brief words, again in Aramaic. It was the language of commerce of the day people could read the words. Verse 26, this is the interpretation of the message. Mene means that God has numbered the days of your kingdom and brought it to an end. Tekel means that you have been weighed on the balance and found deficient. Perez means that your kingdom has been divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Mene means numbered. Tekel means weighed. Parson means divided. If this was English, the handwriting on the wall would have been numbered, numbered, weighed, and divided. I find that fascinating. And this is what the king could not understand. Numbered, numbered, weighed, and divided. But Daniel knows what God is pronouncing here. Numbered, numbered mean that Belshazzar's literal hours are numbered. 
he will pay with his life, and the great Babylonian kingdom will come to a sudden end. Weighed means that God has weighed the actions of Belshazzar, and he was morally corrupt and deficient. God's scales of judgment showed no righteousness on in Belshazzar's side. Belshazzar simply did not measure up to God's standards of righteousness. Divided was the expression that the Babylonian kingdom would end and, and be given to the alliance of the Medes and Persians who are outside the gates. So how does this condemned king respond to this message? Verse 29, Then Belshazzar gave an order, and they clothed Daniel in purple, placed a gold chain around his neck, and issued a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. The king fulfilled the promise, and Daniel is probably going, Oh, great. Make, make me the third in the kingdom just before the entire empire collapses. The gifts are really quite meaningless. Belshazzar does not fall down in front of Yahweh and ask for forgiveness. He gives out the worthless gifts he had promised. He probably may not even believe the interpretation because this was Babylon. It was a fortress that could withstand a lengthy siege. There's no sudden end. Verse 30. That very night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was killed, and Darius the Mede received the kingdom at the age of 62. Now comes one of the most significant events in all of world history. The fall of Babylon in one night and the beginning of the Medo-Persian Empire as predicted by the dream that Daniel had interpreted for Nebuchadnezzar. Belshazzar would be executed in a few short hours. And according to Nabonidus Chronicle, this date would have been October the 12th, 539 B.C. The banquet may have been held the night before. Darius the Mede would conquer Babylon, most likely, as a subordinate to Cyrus, he was given Babylon as a reward. The Greek historian Herodotus and Xenophon supply what happens next. The walls of Babylon were formidable and almost unbreachable, the outer walls being 40 feet high and 25 feet wide. However, the Euphrates River flowed through the city and under the formidable walls. The Persian army diverted the river away from the walls into a marshy area, and the army just simply waded under the walls as the water went down and invaded the city without even a battle or siege required. Xenophon adds that a great drunken feast was going on while the army filed under the walls of the city, and adds that this was the reason why the Persians chose that night to wait under the walls and enter the city because of this great drunken feast. He goes on that Gobrias, a commander under Cyrus, led his soldiers into the palace where they found Belshazzar holding a dagger. However, the king and his attendants were overpowered and then executed by the Persians. The Cyrus cylinder that was found describes that the citizens of Babylon actually welcomed Cyrus and his army warmly into the city. This gives you some idea how corrupt the Babylonian Empire had become. The Persians were also known to release captive people to return to where they were taken from. That also would have led to people warmly welcoming them, them, welcoming them. Well, God had kept his word in prophecy. Babylon had fallen. In Isaiah chapter 21, verse 8, then the outlook 
the lookout reported, Lord, I stand on the watchtower all day, and I stay at my post all night. Look, riders come, horsemen in pairs. And he answered, saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen. All the images of her gods have been shattered on the ground. My people who have been crushed on the threshing floor have declared to you what I have heard from the Lord of armies, the God of Israel. In Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 36, Therefore this is what the Lord says, I am about to champion your cause and take vengeance on your behalf. I will dry up her sea and make her foundation a run foundation or fountain run dry. Babylon will become a heap of rubble, a jackal's den, a desolation, an object of scorn without inhabitants. They will roar together like young lions. They will growl like lion cubs. While they are flushed with heat, I will serve them a feast, and I will make them drunk so that they celebrate. Then they will fall asleep forever and never wake up. This is the Lord's declaration. Again, I hope you enjoy this season two study in the book of Daniel. Next episode 16 in chapter 6, we will look into one of the most familiar stories in all of Scripture, Daniel and the lion's den. God bless you today, and I encourage you to spend some time in God's Word. Please note that Biblical Tapestry has a Facebook and Instagram page, and I encourage you to like and share this podcast if you feel this is deserved. God bless and take care.